Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old from California, personal development junkie. I'm a loan officer by day, podcaster on the weekends. I've always loved listening to podcasts. My personal development journey started early in high school when my ex broke up with me, and I just didn't know how to handle it. So I googled how to get over your ex, and I went and saw all these articles about personal development and really working on yourself. So I was like, you know what? I'll give it a try. And I got into one podcast. It all started with the School of Greatness with Lewis Howes. And then I just started to spiral and see Tony Robbins and just see everything and see everyone and listen to Angie Lee. And I've always wanted to start a podcast, but I've always gotten my own way. So I pushed it off for a couple years. And then I got furloughed from my job back in April and I decided, you know what, now's the time. It's either going to happen now or it's never going to happen. So I just did it and I started and I post, I sent all these TMs to so many different people. I thought so many people were going to say no. And to my surprise, a lot of people said yes. So I ended up overbooking myself doing three to four interviews a day for the first couple weeks was furloughed for 10 weeks and really maximized on that time and just did a ton of interviews and it's been incredible getting to interview so many different people from so many different walks of life and just hear about their struggles and how they were able to overcome them and reflect back on their 20s. I've interviewed such a variety of people from therapists to a chef who called off her engagement and called in the one to a singer to multi-seven-figure entrepreneurs to a real estate investor who retired at 27 is making over five figures of passive income every month. And it's been so incredible to hear these stories and these unfiltered conversations and just being able to ask any question that I want. And if there's one thing I want you guys to get out of this podcast, it's just to really live full out because you never know when You never know if you have tomorrow. We really only have today in this moment, so might as well just live full out. If any of these topics resonate or any of the episodes resonate with you, I would really love if you would leave a review and share it with a friend who you think it might resonate with. Today's guest is Seisha. I loved interviewing her. We go into so many things in this interview. It was so much fun to do. And we go into her journey of becoming an athlete and how she got into Team Canada, the identity shifts, and her path to self-discovery and realizing who she was without the jersey, how she overcame an eating disorder, and how she came back from a knee injury, and so much more. So let's get started. Can you can you give me like a little like preview so I can think of some more questions for you? To give me like yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I didn't really give you much because <laughs> I do things like one minute. I'm like, how can I summarize my life? In- one minute, yeah. <laughs> okay forget it hopefully we can just like somehow connect but essentially I just have been playing for team Canada since I was 16 years old and so now I'm I'm the ripe 25 I was introduced to this sport pretty late like most most people who play at that level tend to play like when they're toddlers before they're or out of diapers or playing basketball but I started late and I think this is predominantly throughout just everybody, especially women, trying to find who they are, right? So I was still in the midst of figuring out my identity and trying to see where I stand. And also just being six foot four, I always stood out. I always stood out. And I, I am in a predominantly white community as well. So 
I, I was always noticeably different. So when basketball was presented to me and it was like a world where my size was, was really admirable. Like people really wanted that. And I realized my own strengths and talents and how my athleticism helped me to be accepted in that area. I just went for it. That was like my way of continuing to find me. But a lot of times when you put that jersey on, you don't define yourself, you use it as a crutch and you see self-discovery. You just say, I am Team Canada. I am whatever it is. So that was, that was, my, that was my blanket. I used it to cover me instead of to help me represent myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for a long time, I was always striving, how can I be more accepted? How can I be more loved by other people? Subconsciously, not knowing this, you know? But so then I was trying to get the weight loss. Like, okay, this is what Olympic athlete looks like. She's more lean. She has a specific look to her. So I always was looking at how can I, how can I fit that versus how can the world fit me? So I got into, it was really innocent calorie counting in high, in high school, skipping a few meals. If you said eating disorder, I would look, I would look at you sideways. That didn't sound like me. And at, over time, it became more and more toxic. To my third year in university, I, for the first time, I had starved myself for almost two weeks straight. And naturally, because I starved myself, I, I fell into a binge cycle for like, probably too much strong and American food is very different from Canadian food. It's so much more better and it's cheaper, which was, did not help my situation. Everything was so accessible, but I started to get into hiding my life. I started to come into life, not only empty, but I was hiding now. So I was doing this for a while, but even in the midst of like struggling with an eating disorder really bad, I, um, I was still somehow getting to some aspirations. And one of the big ones for coming to America for school was get drafted. Somehow, some way get drafted. I never vocalized it, but I knew I wanted to see my name on the screen one day. And so I was able to achieve that. But once I finally got to the platform of my dream, I was so empty and still striving that I literally had gone to the steps of where I wanted to be to only go back down the stairs. So obviously just political stuff to it, but I didn't end up making the team. And I firmly believe God has a way of showing you you have a flat tire to force a pit stop in your life. If you don't stop and fix something, he will force it himself. And within two months later, I had hurt my knee. And it literally caused me to finally take the jersey off. That blanket that I've been using to define myself was finally stripped off by life. So I was basically unable to do what I define myself as for three months straight. And it was the most terrifying but gratifying experience ever because then I literally was cornered by my insecurities. That was the time I was like, okay, I need to figure out who the heck I am. I'm not Team Canada. I'm not the University of Dayton. Everything, the half decade I use of labels and branding on my skin is finally off. Now we need to figure out who I am. It was unintentional, but that's what, so like two years ago, three years ago, I was, I really embarked by force who I was. So it was like finally eating right. Like January, 2018, I ate the first like real substantial meal where I was full and not guilty. 
like not finally just saying I had to surrender to this fight so I can finally live the life I was meant to live and I ended up it snowballed into finding a, a coaching program that like defining who are you and life was just aligning like it, it was like God said eat first then I can show you this then I can show you this and I was going to quit basketball but it's like everything aligned perfectly and then I start playing again so last year was my first year back and it was it was probably the best year I've had in maybe 10 years of playing because now I wasn't just coming to represent that team. I was bringing everything that I was, all my experience, all my experiences and bringing that on the court with me. And that transformed my experience. So all this to say, I've become very, very keen on helping women, not just women, but I have like a soft spot for females, helping women to come into world, come into the world full and showing up for themselves because I know what it's like to be empty and hiding. So that's like helping people with their self-confidence, self-love, self-boundaries, who are you and really coming home to you so you can go the distance out there. Yeah. I would love for you to go into, you know, starting basketball and, you know, being in that competitive environment. How has that helped shape you and where you're at right now? So I feel like, I feel like the competitive environment can be toxic if you don't know how to see it. Competition is amazing because it gives you a baseline by looking at other people. But if you, if you, if your competition is for everyone else, you get, you become at the mercy of comparison game. That's what I think. And um, so this has shaped me by having that reference point, like, okay, she's really good. So I can gauge where I'm at and it, it can help me to continue to aspire to be more. That over time it has with a change of lens it has become how can I make me better for me that makes sense yeah. so initially it was always like okay me against you me against you me against you and it was working for a while but over time that becomes unfulfilling like eventually it's like if I'm really going against everyone you just get it, it trickles on to every part of life how can I be better than her versus how can I make a team of this so I think for a certain period of time it helped me to push myself my about high school, okay, I, Diane, Diane Taurasi or Sue Bird, if you know who they are, or Candace Parker. This is like my baseline. This is who I want to be like. But at some point, you have to seize that, understand the only conversation you're ever going to have is a woman in the mirror. And I feel like with sports, there can be like really high highs and really low lows, you know, with winning and then losing. And like, how do you keep yourself balanced throughout the whole process? You know, like not getting too high when you win and not getting too low when you lose. Amazing question. Something that I've been trying to hone into this last year or so is setting my own standards because there's so many statistics and rankings that if you just let everyone else set it, you're never going to feel fulfilled. You're never going to feel like you're succeeding. So I try to set these like three intentions for myself every game. So like if I hit that baseline, that landmark, then I can like really ease my mind. That's, that's how I try to gauge it for myself. Cause you're so right. Like it can be, it can be very uh, consuming the highs and lows, but it, it really, this comes to self mastery, right? Uh, I, I'm still more close to mastery, but I'm, I'm glad to be at least on the path of embarking that, but all of, cause all of us are performing, even if it's sports, right? I don't know what your exact field is, but I'm sure you have a sport of your own, but you're not wearing a Jersey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to know about when you took the break, when you were um, not playing basketball, 
Like what work were you doing on yourself during that time that really helped you prepare to come back? Yeah. One thing I did immediately, I always had a, a interest in psychology, neurotransmitters, like neural pathways, a whole, like how your brain works, habit transformation. I was like crazy about Tony Robbins for the longest time. I was like really obsessed. It was toxic. I was like searching videos. How does he do this? I, I feel like he's a magician, but uh, really on habit change, I was reading like, really, I'm not kidding, a, a book a day. Cause I was just trying my mind off some things and I was obsessed with it. I thought information overload ended up being that, but I think more so than that was my faith. I had a lot of time not moving and I had no choice, so to speak, to just turn to God. And I've always been religious. My family and I, they've introduced me to religion at a very young age, since I was a baby. But over university's time, I kind of got distracted. I, my priorities were shifted. So in that time, I, I got more grounded in my faith. And I, I think that is the biggest, the biggest transformation that I had probably. Mm-hmm. And when something's like testing your faith, like, you know, the situation right now, or like something, you know, blindsides you, something happens in your life, like getting injured or maybe something like that. How do you reconnect to your faith, even when it's being tested? In the moment, it, it, it feels out of reach, right? But I think it's understanding that those, those moments of uncertainty, of heartbreak, of struggle is a test. It's a test. I think, I think it's only in those moments where you're struggling and life is showing you the dark side where you can test your, where you can actually put your faith to work. So I think that when you get into that area where it's disempowering and you feel you can't go on, go on any further, I feel like that's like the arena. That's a new arena. And then the only way to get through it is faith. So in the, in the middle of it, it's like, dude, how, how do you do this? But like that faith only exists in moments of uncertainty. And when you got injured, you didn't think you were going to come back. Did you think you were going to make it back into basketball or did you know it was going to happen or were you kind of worried? I knew I was going to come back initially because I was like, okay, I'm still stubborn. <laughs> that's, that's my identity. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like that's my identity. What are you saying? I can't go back. But like, over time, as I was trying to figure things out and the tedious process of recovery like, dude, can I, can I do this again? And like seeing like one leg is not stronger than the other one. How, how do I, how do I get back to where I was? So I think somewhere along the lines of recovery at post-surgery, like I just got a piece of cartilage taken out of my knee. It wasn't like massive, but it was enough to stop me for a while to be alone with my thoughts. And that's, I think was, I think I was so afraid of that. I kept myself so busy with weight loss and stuff like this, all these distractions, because I didn't want to deal with my own, my own truth. That's what scared me more than competition. That's what scared me more than failure is being alone with myself and actually acknowledging how lost I really was. But I think I was, I think I, I think I struggled partway through yeah, in the recovery process. And I feel like your story is kind of one like of a comeback, you know, of a, um, the story of a comeback, what tips would you give someone who maybe is trying to make a comeback in their life? Maybe they're experiencing some period of difficulty setback right now. Mm. Amazing question. 
you you're made for this <laughs> <laughs> i just like deep questions i just like no, to really ask good. people questions. yeah no it's good it gets you thinking <laughs> i feel like i'm still dissecting experience as i'm speaking to you it's amazing i think what i'd say is you're never too far along to come back i feel like whatever is meant for you won't pass you so it's not like a fact of like trying to get back to where you were. It's just like making the, as soon as you make the choice, you're back in the moment you make the choice to live differently in that moment, you are back. You have the opportunity to be back at your start line instead of you be, um, I'm down like 20 laps back. Like I, I'm so far out of control. Just in the moment, the power of choice is incredible. Maybe that's it. I used to think, but I, I used to think like, I have to literally catch up one, two years. But if you think about the root of that, like trying to catch back up, oftentimes it's not with yourself. You're taking in consideration everybody else. You're gauged everyone else. So if you're, if you're thinking of being lapped, what are you being lapped by? Then it's like, okay, well, probably my friend who is now playing two years overseas, she's got drafted, she's making this much money. That would be my gauge. So you think coming back, what are, if it's just you and you alone, you know? How far behind can you be if you're yourself? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, like if it's just you against you, how can you get lapped? And was that the start of your personal development journey? When I... When you got injured? Was that the start? Or was it before that you were into personal development? I've always... I, I remember, like, buying books, like, self-help books, sometimes just for fun, the acute thing to hold in the airport. <laughs> But I'm going to lie to you. I maybe read like 10 pages of it. I was like, ah, no, no. I remember reading an emotional intelligence book one, one summer. So there, there, there was something there, but like to really dive in and be, be like actually about it when I got injured. Yeah. I feel like a lot of us are in that stillness right now that you experienced while you were injured. So I feel like that is just such a common theme for right now experiencing yeah. that stillness is com- uncomfortable like just being there yeah. and just sitting with it it's just so uncomfortable <laughs> yeah how has how has this time been for you with just trying to navigate yeah I, i'm assuming maybe i'm wrong you're you're predominantly in this space of online realm yeah so maybe it has impacted you i'm not sure yeah. well actually i was furloughed from my job at the end of march so that is kind of what started this podcast was I just had all this free time and it kind of drove me crazy because <laughs> I wasn't being productive. And I feel like that's part of my, um, my identity is always need to be productive, always need to be on it, always need to be working towards something. I can't sit still. So I feel like that's just part of my wiring. Maybe it's part of like the Virgo analytical side, who knows? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's attached to that. But I just had this feeling, it was definitely an identity shift too for me, you know, getting my job kind of taken away, you know, in a sense, because yeah. it's kind of, I got an email on the end, it says you're being furloughed. And then it says it's supposed to be only for four weeks and we will reevaluate. But the thing about the word reevaluate is it kind of makes you think, wait, did I do enough in my time here that they're okay. going to take me back after the four weeks, you know? So kind of sitting in the stillness, reading that letter, you know, it wasn't working <laughs> yeah. good for me. So right. I just started DMing all these people. I was like, hey, love to interview you, love to know about you. And a lot of people, to my surprise, said yes. And I was shocked by that. So that was kind of the whole start of this. And yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So this is a, uh, this is a quarantine thing. Mm-hmm. 
That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. You like, like I just, I don't even know how it came across. I don't know how I, how it came across. I can't remember. But I'm like, you know what? I watched a few things. Like, you know what? I need to, I need to connect with this human being. It's kind of dope. It's kind of dope. You check us out. That's what I love about cool. Instagram is you could just find someone's profile, you know, just randomly. Right. And then you end up becoming friends with them. You end up like talking with them yeah. and you're like, this is my person, you know, <laughs> like this is his Exactly. Exactly. It is so it's such a beautiful thing. Like before it was like phone books and thousand calls and hoping she's within the two blocks mm-hmm. of you. And if not, you know, but it, it literally everybody, the rock, Dwayne, the rock Johnson is like literally a text away. Yeah. Will he answer? Probably not. But like, you know, just the idea that he's posting. Yeah. And you can kind of tell someone's energy. Like I was looking at your videos. And I was like, yeah, I'd probably vibe with her. Yeah. <laughs> it <would> work. <laughs> I, I like to look at people's videos and different things because I can usually tell. I can usually tell by looking at someone's profile. I'm glad that I actually had posted within the time frame of me contacting you because I'm usually like a ghost in social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I had a hate love relationship with that. Just trying to probably have to do with my lens my lens is really toxic trying to compare like where do I fit in that like it was literally it was really like a catalog of everything I wasn't constantly like refreshing on my screen I wasn't able to really appreciate the beauty of someone else while understanding that's not the absence of my own of the struggle um so I like periodically be peace (laughs) I'll be back in two months and delete it what inspired you to come back did you come back recently Uh, or it's been like a year and a half maybe that I've been back and it was like it probably was aligning with when I was like figuring things out and I was like you know what I could share this I could share this experience somehow I was very 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 gradual with coming back but I was like I'm kind of over it now it's like it comes with age maybe I know it can be really toxic, you know, when you're going through body image issues and you're like comparing your body to everyone else's body on your feed. But like, how would you, how would you like control that? Like the need to compare or the need to look at it. Like, I want to have what she has. Mm-hmm. Uh, get right with me. Get right with me off social media. I don't think, I don't think it happens the other way around. I go there and then I get cozy with, oh, everyone's beautiful. I think it's very difficult to try to go social media and then come back to yourself. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of, a lot of personal time with you in front of the mirror. I used to, I used to treat my time alone, like in the mirror as speed dating. Hey, how are you doing? Brush my teeth. Go. Like I never actually fully acknowledged and appreciate, appreciated who was looking back at me in the mirror where I literally was developing conversations with myself like self-affirmations and it sounds super freaking cheesy at the beginning but that stuff works if you make a concerted effort to wake up every morning and literally reintroduce yourself to the legend in the mirror like that that's essential we're we're we are with ourselves whether we like it or not for the next god willing 80 years but we spend the least amount of time talking to ourselves we you know we spend a lot of time talking to ourselves but a lot of times it's negative self-chatter right so it was like a lot of me time i need to get me right before i try to go over there because it's, it's not her fault that she looks like that half the time she's not happy with the way she looks and a lot of it's photoshopped anyways so neither of us are going to be able to achieve that but i think i think she looks like that in real life but salt looks like sugar on social media too so but yeah it, it's just me 
So I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm going full circle coming back to your answer. No, that's good. And like detaching from you're more than like, you know, what you look in the mirror, having like issues around like body image and body dysmorphia. How did you come back to yourself and realize I'm a lot more than what I see in the mirror? Like kind of detach from that kind of in a way. I came across this book by Ronda Rousey. I was obsessed with her. Love her. And I think I had bought, I took this book out of the library. It was overdue. I came back one summer and it was just in the house. I'm like, you know what? Why not? I finally read it through. That's actually one of the first books I truly started to read through that I was like, okay, it started a bit of a spurt. And one thing, she's very like, my body is more than just like for the delicacy and looking like a muse, some kind of sculpture. Like I, every, she said, a quote she has, like, I can't remember every fragment or piece of her body was made for a purpose. She's not a do nothing bitch. That's what she said. And it sounds just like her. Sounds exactly what she said. But like, she also, I think it's something she shared in her biography is that she struggled. Of all people struggled with body dysmorphia. Someone of her stature, someone that strong and so like such an empowering spirit animal to me was struggling with her, her body. I was okay. Even like really, really badass women were struggling with this. And I was like, you know what? She might know a few things or two. And the way that she was, the way that she was about every part of her, her muscles, her legs, they're, although they're thick, they're, they still, they allow her to walk. They allow her to kick. She really brought intention to every fragment of her anatomy. That was like, okay, now I can see it as more as than just, you know, um, a mannequin but rather like a, a beast, a system. So that was the first time I was like switching the way I saw my stature. I didn't know that. Looking at her, I would have never guessed that. Right. Someone like her, I'm like, there's no way I'm reading this right. But she, by dysmorphia, she struggled with a bit of eating disorder. I'm like, you think that she's just always been like, okay, rah, rah. I'm, I'm super, I'm super confident. No one can beat me. No, she struggled with that. I was like, okay, that really that really gave me permission to kind of be like, even though I'm going through this, like that does not take away my power. Let's say right now I gave you, I told you you have a minute and in this minute you could create any video you want. You could talk about anything you want. What would you want to talk about in that one minute? For other people, like to summarize my experience. It could be anything, just something to post. Let's say this is the last thing you're going to post. And then you're done with social media. Mm. Something that connects to, connects to our expiration date. Something in correlation to or making sure I include, call them like porch thoughts. You know, like, like we're, people always have like this rocking chair perspective, like them in 80 years. I wish I would have done this. And it would be, what would you do if you weren't afraid? I think that's it. Something on the line. That or something to do with female empowerment. Either or. And is there like experience in your life that made you realize about like the expiration date? I never had a scare like that. Thank God. I pray I never have a scare like that. But I think I, every now and again, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Actually, I run past. So when I do those runs on my run, I notice that I pass a, a graveyard, a funeral home and a nursing home. All three things are along my route. And I noticed today, what was it, two days ago? I didn't end up posting it, but I was, I noticed that my speed, my perspective 
in those spaces were completely different than any other part of my run. It's like subconsciously, I was not aware that I see it. I'm obviously aware there's a nursing home beside me or a, a graveyard behind, beside me, but something subconsciously is like, okay, let's go. Like you're tired. You're, you're fine. You're fine. Let's go. So I think that, uh, I've, I've always had a bit of that perspective, but, um, uh, maybe more recently, like, uh, more to the forefront of my mind. Yeah. Do you do that run every day? I wish. <laughs> I wish. It's so hot. I'm sure you can, you, you know it more than I would. It's so hot. So if I don't, literally, if I don't get up at like 5.30, like that stuff is not getting done. Because I will come back crispy. So hot. But uh, I try to get it done like every second day, every third day. It's just like my therapy. It's my thing. Yeah. And what is something that most people don't know about you? Hmm. I'm vegan. Maybe. Maybe not. I feel like that's not a secret or like not something that it's too foreign to people. And what inspired that change? Uh, Someone who was like a vegetarian back when I was like 16. Like, that's so cool. She's having these accommodations for her to bring out a new plate of food for her. So cool. But then I got more into it and I like, I watched like earthlings and forks over knives and those stuff. I'm like, okay, there's, there's more than just my selfish motives and vegan ice cream to this. Like there's actually a lot going on behind the scenes. So I stuck with it. I've been in and out of it, but it makes my body feel so good. So I try to stay with it. I'm going to go with veganism because I don't have a better answer. What is something you're learning right now? It can be anything. Mm-hmm. I'm learning to come into every space knowing that I got it. I feel like there's, when you walk into foreign environments like this, this conversation with you, maybe two years ago, I was like, okay, hype myself up with like Carrie Underwood or ACDC before I come and speak to you because I need to just find a way to sit here and be all that I am and not be afraid of showing just my humanness. So I feel like there's always traces of that initially when it starts, but then when I, when I just sit back and understand like, this is my, this is my essence. This is my human. So I think, um, this is not, this is of no stressor, but like when I go into places where there's more like people of who are established in basketball, for example, who are, who I deem as a woe, woe factors to just sit in who I am. I think that's what I'm learning. I'm learning that still. And what is something lighting you up right now? be anything you're excited mm-hmm. it could be anything you're excited about this <laughs> no, really, i love uh i love having opportunity to connect i think that's the richness of life i think i say that with you in the voice memo it really was uh it really i'll be real it's a selfish motive for me to contact you because i'm so fulfilled by listening to other people even though i'm talking to you you have amazing questions like i think the a richness, a commodity is sharing of story because you get to share your, I don't know how old you are. You look very young. You look like you're 22. Am I wrong? No, I'm 19, 20 in two weeks. 19. Oh my gosh. Good for you. And you're starting a podcast? That's big time. I'm 25. Oh, you're so <laughs> You're not that old. <laughs> <laughs> You feel old and then you're like 64 and you're saying how you're so old. Like it never ends. You always feel old. But yeah, talking to, talking to you. Sophia, 
My mom's name is Sophia. So maybe that's also a reason why I'm like, okay, she's the one. You can always trust the Sophia. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> you have a you have a what's your story, Sophia? What do you want to know? What part? <laughs> what's a moment that changed you? That was a pivot in your life? I would probably say December of last year, I got into a car accident. Um, I was in the left lane. There was a car in my right lane. And the car in my right lane was going pretty fast. And it went right into the right side of my car. I didn't have any time to react. It just happened. Yeah, it was just blindsided. And I blacked out for a moment. I like hit my head against the steering wheel. And then I came back. And then somehow my car stopped. I honestly don't know how. But like somehow it stopped. And it didn't spin out to the other side. If yeah. it would have spit it out to the other side, it would have been hit by incoming traffic. And oh, then wow. I don't know what would have happened. But right. I got pretty lucky, got some neck problems, but nothing like severe, no broken injury, nothing crazy. And then, yeah, so I'd say that moment. Probably that okay. moment. Okay, how long did it take you to recover from that? Mentally or physically? Oh, both. <laughs> Mentally? <laughs> It took a while. Just feeling safe again in a car. That was a whole That was a whole process in itself. Yeah. I didn't think it was gonna be as hard as it was, but it was pretty hard. Yeah. yeah. Not even just feeling safe. Okay now? I feel okay now. I don't feel at the point where I wanna feel. I feel fine, but I know it still needs work. But it's not even just me behind the wheel. It's like someone else and just being in that situation where I'm blindsided again and they hit this side and I'm sitting in the passenger seat and yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Huh. Wow. And your injuries, how long did it take? I grab my neck. Like Uh, like I'm still, I'm still going to a chiropractor, been to a physical therapist, but. Okay. Wow. Was that not what you're expecting? <laughs> no, uh, I was not. I, I did not want to hear that you were in a car accident, but I was not expecting that. Yeah. meant to be here. Yeah, I'd say, so I would say that's probably the most pivotal, that getting furloughed. That, those two things together was the creation of this part of the cast because I was like, you know what? Life is short and I have so much yeah. time, so might as well start it. So those two things was the creation of this. Yeah, so I would say that's a big one. Okay. Are you going to school? No, I'm not. I'm working full time. Mm, I'm gonna say like I'm I'm on the fence about that kind of stuff. I always tell people if I didn't get a scholarship, I want to go to school. Yeah, I feel like there's people who are CEOs that never have touched university are hiring people with four diplomas. So that's that's my piece. My mom says, "Don't tell your brother that." And we'll fill that out every year. Yeah, I just. Or to um, learn in person or from events. Like I love going to personal development events. I love reading, listening to podcasts. So that's kind of my preferred method of learning. What's your go-to podcast? Are you like a fan of Rancho Wallace? Yes. Love the Hollis family. Well, not, you hear about, you heard about them. Yeah. Oh, tears. Yeah. Uh, Tony Robbins? Mm-hmm. School of Greatness with Lewis Owls. All of them. Amazing. Amazing. Mind Valley? I haven't got into that yet. I've heard a lot about it, but I haven't like researched it or got into videos. I, I get a bunch of ads on that on YouTube. I don't know if you see yeah. that. Yeah. That one guy, whatever his name is, one, I'm going to say Indian. I don't mean to be <laughs> always on my screen. Oh, and what is your dream? Hmm. Dream job, all fear aside. 
I think I'd be probably doing something like this full time, just doing an interview yeah. anytime I want of the day, being able to do workshops, retreats, just creating my own schedule every day. Amazing. Yeah. Would you want to write a book? Probably. Yeah. I yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So cool. Well, I'm like really happy for you. It sounds weird. <laughs> Maybe this is how I am. So that you're like doing stuff now. So good. Yeah. Like, I just think of how many people who have been procrastinating because of fear, right? Yeah. They're like, hey, let's go for it, let's go for it, let's go for it. I feel like the earlier you get momentum, is the better it is. You get traction early. That's so dope. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Really. 19. I'm, say, I'm saying it like I'm 45, <laughs> 19. No, most people say it that way. It's, it's, it's the, yeah. Amazing. Do you have any more amazing questions for me? Yeah. Well, how have your 20s been like so far? Maybe some words you would summarize them as to you had to describe. Alive. I'm finally alive at 25. Ooh. Ooh. I'm ready to start. <laughs> so really, I, I think I, not 24, I was, I was like getting there. Uh, I think I'm fine. All the... They always say, who do you want to be when you grow up all the time? Mm-hmm. Mama, mom and dad instantly say this, but like, I finally, I finally figure out who I am, not who I want to be, but who I am. And that's a lot more, a lot more fulfilling than what I would be. The occupation, the job, the who is, is what I finally am coming to. So yeah, alive. I think I'm finally, like, I finally have come to play i'm done hiding mm-hmm. do you think there's anything that help you come more alive in this past year really really good questions i don't know what's worth thinking about music motion no it's deeper than that god i always know to god i know he makes me feel alive well no girl i'm gonna say i'm gonna say self-growth self-discovery yeah, like really like cutting the cord to everyone else's connection to me and like being my own source of life. And if you can go back in time and talk to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell her? You got the chill. Relax. Eat the, no, I say eat the cookie. <laughs> eat it and be okay with it. That's what I would say. Yeah, something along, something, something along with food. Dude, trying to work on empty is never fun. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like chronically, like I guess there's levels to it, but like I'd eat, but I'd binge eat. It was just a very, very uh, unhealthy relationship with food. Very unhealthy. Is there anything that like really helped you with your relationship with food? Any one thing or a couple things? Veganism. So about being vegan, like everyone's like afraid of carbs, but basically um, there are so many different forms of vegan, but mine's high carb, low fat vegan. I don't have to be this way. It doesn't matter. But I found, I've experimented with it and I found it really works for me. And something about being vegan, you can be a fat vegan. Mm-hmm. You can be chubby vegan. It happens. Oreos are, Oreos are vegan. So <laughs> you can be chubby vegan, but uh, it forces you to be a little more, um, a little more in, intentional about your foods 
where you're like, okay, this is where the produce section becomes more like, okay, this is my options. So that being said, you implement more fruits and vegetables naturally. So, and the thing about that is like, everyone's like, oh, it's bad for you. You can eat so much. But the thing is like, or they say, for example, you can eat 500 calories worth of a chocolate bar within three bites. But you can, you can't physically eat 500 calories worth of broccoli. You will explode. You won't, you know, so veganism provided more satiation just because naturally you cannot eat 800 calories worth of potatoes because you will be full by 200. So this how the, the God-given food on this planet does naturally fill you up and are, make you aware of, oh, I'm full. Because a lot of foods we have on the, on the counters, you don't know it's your full. You can eat th- three bags of ketchup chips, or you guys don't have that in America, but barbecue chips. And you still like, I'm hungry. But something about eating a lot of fiber and stuff that's more, that's more in your lens for veganism, you're like, okay. So I think I'm just trying to say that you can eat satiation. I feel guilty. But now I, I don't, I just eat whatever. Are you vegan? I am. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm talking to you like, oh, she's. <laughs> Yeah, I've been vegan for four years. You should just stop me now. No, I love when other people share it because it's something very close to home. So I love when other people Amazing. Four years. Four years. How is how is the options in California? Really good. (laughs) There's like this one truck in in LA. It's like it's vegan food. There's so many trucks. Really, I'm like, that's insane. It doesn't even look like it's vegan. Like fat chicken tenders, chicken with a K, of course. <laughs> oh my gosh, amazing! See, nothing happened by accident. Amazing. What turned you like? What made you like? Oh yeah, similar story. Struggled with a binge eating disorder for two years. I was like, I need something. This is not working. Having that moment on the floor, you know, like this doesn't feel good. This feels like the pain in your chest and just like experiencing that. And you're just like, I can't go back here. I've been here too many times. Yeah. Wow. And how, like, how do you get yourself out of that? Just just veganism, that was your thing? Or it took a long time. Yeah, it took a long time because I struggled with it for like two to three years. Like I was just stuck in that. And then you get to a point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. I really had to have that moment. Of, I just can't do this anymore to myself. And yeah. I started to struggle with like, you know, acid reflux and other things. And I was like, this isn't healthy. I can't keep doing this to myself. And that was kind of like the, I need to find something else. And yes. then I went into YouTube, started Googling how to get over this, <laughs> find all these vegan videos about satiation and how you can have all these calories and like you can be more satiated on a plant foods plant-based diet and I was like okay it's worth a try mm-hmm. so good it's amazing I'm gonna ask you about your when you were so because I've been Jay for a while and two years I commend you for like that's amazing you just went to YouTube and you figured that out because that's I think I had that really bad for I had like spurts but really bad for like three months and oh my gosh, swollen and water mm-hmm. retention. And I'm sure you saw the effect on your bank account. Like I bought so much junk, 
so much junk. It was not okay. Do you know what led up to that? If you don't mind me asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually had a moment where I was in the bathroom and I was just like throwing up and I had acid reflex and I was just alone in the house. And then um, my aunt and uncle came to drop off my sister and they came a couple minutes, like, I think they came a couple minutes before that whole happened, but it was very close. Like they were like, almost like they would have almost seen me like just a mess. And I was like, I just can't do this anymore. It was just too close. Like, I don't want this situation happening again. You're incredible. You're so incredible. I mean this. I mean this to my core. That's like, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I don't think people really, obviously when you're in it, you know, it's a big deal, but it's wow. But it really took that moment for it all to stop. It kind of takes like, you know, the bathroom floor. Yeah. Yeah. See, I never, I never would wish it upon anyone, obviously, but I never, my thing is I fear growing up. Mm -hmm. Something about throwing up has always been like, oh, I I can never bring myself to it. I remember being sick, having the flu. Like I do anything, anything but throwing up. Something about the, the reflex is my body does not like it. So I never got to that point, but I would make up for it by not eating. So like either, either way you go. Wow. No, you're big time. You are. That's so amazing. And look at you now, like for real. And now, you, now you're sharing stories. Now you're able to do this and now you're able to speak to me. And I, I you met me what? How long did you meet? Uh, 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> A solid 50 minute friendship and that's amazing that's the cool thing about podcasts is you get to go to all the questions you want to ask but i probably would if i would have met you on the street probably would have never asked you all these questions you know because no, it's not it's not the not. atmosphere versus this no, atmosphere i think you were kind of expecting this so you're like oh yeah i know she's gonna ask those types of questions oh i i really wasn't i didn't know what you're gonna ask me but i'm i'm i've been practicing being open open book because my story's not mine yeah it's very similar. A lot of people are experiencing like a different version or a similar version. Yeah. 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 Just gotta chill. So, wow. Thanks for sharing with me. It's like every time I hear someone, I don't, I don't want to hear the story, but when I hear them, I'm like, I'm not the only one. Yeah. Yeah. When you were telling your story, I was like, yeah, similar. Take away the Jersey, but similar. Experience. Yeah. It's similar. It's, I, it's, I mean, it's, it's not funny, but like you say all this stuff after I'm like, she was sitting here the whole time. She's like, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I'll let you go. Yeah. I'll let you finish your piece. <laughs> Amazing. Well, good. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Where can people find you? My social media, that's probably it right now. <laughs> um, but I am uh, in, in the middle of currently running these, these self-discovery sessions online using my my experience brought into modules no bs strategies on how to be able to create your destiny and come home into your skin so i'm in the middle of doing that you're not just women through this but human beings because a lot of us who are making homes of the job the label um everything external and they are so foreign they're tourists to their own bodies which i feel is the is what happens to people when they have eating disorders or self-doubt or comparison. We never are doing it home in our bodies. We're out there trying to look for something else. When we just if we just chill in every cell of us, that stuff is gone. 
So I was trying to help people come home. Mm. That's what I'm doing right now. And um, I'm hoping to have that more established in a way. Do you have a website soon? But like, it, stuff's happening. Good stuff's happening for some people. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.